The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. You're listening to Very Loose Women. Hello, Resonance listeners. Today we have a special edition of Very Loose Women. The same four presenters, Emma, Catherine, Lucy and me, we had a show on our university radio. We have only managed to keep hold of one show from our weekly year-long run. And it was a show where we each invited our dads along. We painstakingly edited the two-hour show from 2007. There's mention of MSN, disc errors and other era-specific technology. As presenters, we are less organised, more high-pitched, more giggly and perhaps more deluded. There is, however, something compelling about it. The frankness, the dad's life advice and our own particular, peculiar late teens behaviour. Anyhow, here's the dad's special from Very Loose Women 2007, starting with our old jingle. You're listening to Very Loose Women. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Very Loose Women. Tonight, we've got a particularly special edition of our show, the Dad Special. So we've got four of our dads in the studio tonight. I'm Lucy, so loose it's in my name, and my dad is Robert. Say hello, Dad. How loose are you? Hi, I'm Robert. I'm not as loose as I used to be. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Emma, and I'm moderately loose for this group, and my dad is Michael. And how loose are you, Dad? Some parts of me are. Hi, I'm Catherine, and I'm the loosest of them all, and this is my dad, Alan. Yes, hello. I'm very tight, actually. (laughs) Um, And I'm uh, Lily, and I'm quite frankly not so loose, and how loose are you? Oh, sorry, this is my dad, Jean-Pierre. Hi, I just uh, heard what loose means in English. Yes, I'm very, 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 very loose. That's the wrong question. The real problem is how that women are not loose enough with me. Well, we thought we'd uh, kick off the show tonight with some, some questions for our dads that were actually posed by the Honourable Lord Krebs when we discussed <laughs> our show with him at our PIMS party. So the first question we had was, what were your own ambitions as young men and what are your ambitions for your daughters, if you have any? Catherine's dad goes first. Nominate Catherine's dad. I wanted to uh, drive a bus and my aspirations for Katie, well, I don't really have any. Evidently has no hope for me whatsoever. It's up to her. She is very strong-willed. She makes up her own mind, and she'll do what she wants. And whatever she wants to do, I will support her when I drive my bus. It beats me. I wanted to be a road sign cleaner because I always found them really dirty, which is ironic since my room is a pigsty. But. I, of course, like like most athletic young men, wanted to be a professional footballer. But when I reached 15, I realised that that was never going to happen. After that, I just wanted to make money, which I was reasonably successful at. Uh, <laughs> as far as Lucy is concerned, um, I'd like her to enjoy life and be as successful as she can. Please, my ultimate ambition was really, really, as far as I remember, to do absolutely as little as possible, <laughs> preferably nothing. <laughs> That's still mine now. <laughs> my ambition for, for my daughter as well is exa- to do exactly what they want to do, uh, something or nothing, and I'm absolutely, absolutely amazed uh, by uh, what they want to do and the ability they have. And but, uh, I always wanted to be a biologist, and I still do. <laughs> but unfortunately, I don't like killing animals. Unfortunately I hate, for I, I hate some. To so what kind of biologist would you have been exactly? <laughs> Maybe a zoologist. <laughs> An observer. I mean, no, no, a plantologist. <laughs> a what are they observer. called? A theoretical biologist. I thought you wanted to be an illustrator. I think it's a very difficult world, and then they would like to, to feel that it's better because she is in it. Oh, that is nice. Best answer. <laughs> <laughs> Emma, it's not a competition. Oh, it is. <laughs> you only said it because you're not winning. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> what sort of man do you think that your daughter should be with? Someone who doesn't smoke. Someone who's fit physically. Someone who's caring and intelligent. Someone who has prospects. Uh, someone who's just a nice sort of human being, really. And, no, and to, to an alien. That's right. And no, who can take me out for a drink and buy me a pint of beer. But it's quite tricky to find someone who's good-looking and nice. Just thought I'd comment on that one. Not that we're disillusioned at all. We've already got our first fan text of the night saying... From my friend Emma, so she says, I love Dada G. And all the Dadas. So yes, (laughs) you're a great team. Dad, what about you? I mean, obviously, met Tom. Well, yes, I mean, obviously, um, I think that Lucy ought to be with some... You know, very successful rugby player. Uh, <laughs> well, isn't that lucky? Well, yes, just very convenient. I think uh, honest, uh, with integrity, um, and uh, someone who encourages you to do your best as opposed to yeah. uh, stifling you. Aww. In this case, uh, I'm very less involved in a relationship uh, than my daughter. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, so hopefully. I will, I really, I have no opinion. I will really uh, only hope that... Uh, uh, he loves her and she loves him. That's all. But there is someone out there. Are you, Lil? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Of course yeah. there is. We'll many, see. Many, many men. Men. So now I would like to see somebody musical for you. So it would be somebody I could play with. He <laughs> plays a flute. That, that wasn't meant to sound perverted yes. or disgusting. <laughs> And somebody who's, who's good at the DIY. What? <laughs> 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 yeah, the worst thing I've ever heard. They don't have to be fun, they don't have to be interesting. <laughs> as long as they can fix the shelves. Your dad's okay. got slightly materialistic concerns, like my dad. Your dad wants someone to do DIY, my dad wants a free pint out of it all. <laughs> Wait a minute, how, how are you at DIY then, Alan? Hopeless. Oh, okay. <laughs> Absolutely hopeless. Do we have any DIY experts in the uh, in the dad circle tonight? I'm, I think I'm a DIY. <laughs> <laughs> but is anyone else? Uh, well, at least you should. I put up her bedroom furniture for her. So, um, I have to point out that my wardrobe is wonky and the, the drawers of my chest of drawers keep falling off. But this isn't a time for personal disputes, guys. Okay. <laughs> so expert as putting putting together IKEA might not be. <laughs> I know my dad's allergic to IKEA. He doesn't go near it. Yeah. You know, Billy Bob Thornton's got a phobia of um, antique furniture. So what I wonder is if you showed him some furniture and he got a bit scared and you said to him, "Actually, don't worry, it's a faux antique." Would he would he embrace <laughs> it? Would he be alright with that? I just don't really understand. He was fooled. Well, maybe it's like people who think that there's cheese in the in the. It, well, not in a pizza because there's always cheese in pizza. But like they think that they they don't like cheese, but they think there's cheese in it. So they're like, oh no, I can't eat this. Oh, it's horrible. And then you're like, actually, there's no cheese in it. And they're like, oh, actually, it's fine. I did actually have a Hawaiian <laughs> pizza with no with no cheese once. Oh no, it was with no, no tomato. <laughs> all good story. Trying to make the point that not all pizzas necessarily have cheese. Well, cheese because people get vegan pizza. No, let's not even get into it. Loose, loose, loose. Who's loose? And that's a jingle to satisfy Lily's lust for jingles. We have had whole shows where it's been about 15 <laughs> jingles in a row just because we had nothing to say. Maybe just because <laughs> Lily going, let's have another jingle. Let's well, because I was actually doing the jingle machine thing over there. <laughs> it's got a CD player, it's a jingle machine. <laughs> that's <laughs> what it is. Okay. Bring them out. Don't ruin the magic in it. What is the funniest or worst job or combination of the two that you've ever had? Babysat one. <laughs> was it awful? No, it's okay. Was it funny? No. Well, then, you don't care. I used to clean my sixth form college when everyone else was hanging around in the social room. I can't room. believe you were ever a cleaner. I, I took my dad to your flat secretly. <laughs> Why were you asleep? Because I draw... Obviously. Yeah, I can't... I, I cannot because I don't have the work. I don't think anyone has a word to describe our flat. It's not possible. It's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, la, la part de Claudeau. Describe it as a challenge. <laughs> a 
be fair, I think your father probably came at a peak time of messiness. Mm. The trolley and the bench, I think they are amazing. Pretend in front of your dad that your flat is ever tidy, except when you specially tidy it before they visit. Dad, didn't jump on the bandwagon of criticism. (laughs) Show me some support. No, your flat, Katie, is absolutely appalling. It needs the environmental health to come in and sort it out. Anyway, back to the question. Well, Um, I worked in a pea factory, which was absolutely (laughs) awful. And the peas came along in a huge conveyor belt, and you were supposed to pick out everything which wasn't a pea or a nice pea. (laughs) and let all the good peas go past. Well, one which is nice and round and green, as opposed to one which was very small and black. Maybe not a pea. Yeah, so after a while, to make it more interesting, we picked out all the good peas and let all the bad ones go past. That is fiendish. It is very antisocial. And then I was approached by this chap. He had this huge thing on his shoulders, looked like a gun, and he said to me, would you go into that toilet and chase out a fly. And I said, really? I went into the toilet and chased out a fly, and he shot it with his gun. And he said, I'm employed to kill flies, but there aren't any flies. Thank you very much for getting me a fly to kill. So I felt as if I had achieved a lot that particular day working in the factory. (laughs) This fly story is really quite bizarre. It's a sad story, actually, if you think about it. The death of the fly. Exactly. Yes. Mm. My dad has a funny story about how how he once had a condom factory, and we're all going to hear it now. The story began speaking with somebody who was uh, in very high medical circle and who knew about the epidemic of AIDS, it was about 20, 25 years ago. I had an idea with a friend um, that we must create a condom factory in Europe because everything <laughs> was important and there was problem of mushrooms. Like, like li- little bubbles, uh, I think uh, yes, means, uh, yeah. Uh, in, the, in the packets. The first thing was to raise the money. The problem that was that we arrived to a very, very high price of uh, production. Then we, we managed to, to raise a very, very big amount of, uh, of money. I heard about a guy who was, uh, who had imagined a very automatic machine who was something like uh, 200 meters long. The Big condom. Yes. <laughs> condom. And it was, it, it was entirely automatic. So uh, we, import, we, we, we imported the machine and the guy who invented the, magi- the, the machine died from a heart attack right in the middle of the essay of the test. So uh, we had this huge machine, absolutely fantastic, enormous machine, who was never, never to work. And um, uh, we finally uh, s- uh, managed to, to, to sell the machine part by part. Uh, and I know for sure that one went into gallery of modern art. Maybe it's the erotic music. The company was dissolved and bankrupt. We were um, trying to find the, the raising of the money. I had a beautiful striped uh, double-breasted suit, seven row, of course. The, the, the table of the conference was glass. And uh, I, I was nervous be- before the conference, so I went to, to the toilets and I, I became and arrived, I, I came back. And during I was explaining all the this topic, I received a very discreet note from the manager of the <laughs> bank who, who, who was saying, sorry, but your fly is open. Well, he gave me the money after all because he told me that then he saw me and he saw that I didn't blink an eye and I, I carried on with my demonstration. And then he, he had the... I understand from the story is he was impressed by the package. <laughs> <laughs> Emma, really? Emma, what your, really? Your dad looks shocked. <laughs> <laughs> really look a bit. The business package, you mean? Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yes, it all stacked up. Yes. <laughs>
But what I like about this story is that your dad opened the condom factory for a concern about public health. I was from somebody what my own capital. That's Maybe not then. <laughs> I also had a job which was a very fun job and also became after a while a very terrible job. That was me picking apples. While I could look at an apple and eat one, it was a, a fun job. And then after a while, I realized that I couldn't see another apple. But to this day, you can eat apples. I've seen you. It took a, it took a, a while. A, a long program. <laughs> Intensive counseling. It seems to me that we, we all got involved in food because... Uh, <laughs> Condoms are not food. No, there used to be a, a bakery uh, in the town where I live which employed quite a lot of students. Uh, there's no end of damage you can do with pork pies. Oh. And, and late at night, um, it's distressing to know what can, uh, what can get into those. Oh. Uh, sufficient that uh, I never want to eat one again. I won't be eating any pies. Someone uh, told me that, um, I, uh, that he used to like work in a pickle factory in Canada while he was studying. And he used to pee in this the massive pickle bowl thing. Yep. Excrement yes. and food. Mm. An interesting combination. Mm. It's not a healthy one. There may now be a product recall for all pork pies <laughs> on the market. And from Canadian 25 pickles. years ago. <laughs> but do you think anyone could tell? Do you think it just added to the taste? There was a story. In, actually, it's going to be in tomorrow's newspaper, I think, about uh, a man. Oh, it's it's ahead of the news, ahead of the times. Uh, about a man who was diagnosed with uh, pancreatic cancer and told he only had six months to live. As a result of that, he decided, well, I've only got six months to live. I'm going to enjoy myself. So he uh, just spent all his money and had a great time, traveled around. And after six months, he didn't die. He went back to the hospital and they said, oh, no, you don't have pancreatic cancer at all. You're going to be alive. And <laughs> oh, no. so he is, he is suing them. Yeah, it's uh, funny. Well, that's damage. amazing, though. It means he lived he like... commit suicide. <laughs> <laughs> We'd love to hear what you think of the show tonight. Only good things, though. We don't want constructive criticism. We don't want criticism, constructive criticism. Or, or just, just questions. Questions yeah. and compliments, please. <laughs> we, uh, we, we had a funny question that I think that Emma came up with. The worst thing that they did when they were adolescent. When, when she says they, they mean the fathers. The fathers. But it, something yeah, that things. could be severely punished if we did it. Oh, like sort of the most illegal thing you've ever done. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. okay. Or oh, ridiculous antics of any kind, really. Yes, ridiculous antics of any kind. That sounds if good. funny, that would be good because the show's like Something a bit naughty. A bit naughty. Okay. <laughs> Well, apart from um, sex, drugs and rock and roll, um, <laughs> probably uh, streaking down High Street, Oxford, um, after the football club dinner, uh, was quite memorable. Um, pro- memorable for you and the people around? Uh, I didn't ask the people around because we didn't want to hang around. <laughs> it's good to know that nudity has always been part of the Oxford uh, sporting Ethos. <laughs> well, there's so many to choose from, really. Um, I shot a cat. <laughs> and then there was another time when I was a student. We went into a what Chinese restaurant and we had something to eat. We had so much to drink, we felt sick. So we went out to the toilet, we were sick. And we came back into the Chinese restaurant and we ordered another meal. And we ate that and then we ran out with our peng. I ran, I ran down the street. I ran down the street and fell into a hole because there was roadworks. And I couldn't get out and I was covered in muck when I crawled out. And I feel really bad about that. I can't look a Chinese person in the eye, even to this day. Yeah, do cats' yeah. tails grow back like rats' tails do? No, they don't. No, I don't. Do rats' so. tails grow back? Yes, they no. do. They do because my my best friend's little brother chopped it off and it grew back. Maybe they just replaced the rat. You can't get much um, In this time, uh, in this time, being gay was a little uh, was a little di- was a little <laughs> difficult. I was uh, 
learning English. And and you see the result. <laughs> and and, and uh, I was sent by my, my mother in, uh, in Cambridge for one month and a half during the holidays. And uh, we used with, uh, you know, uh, we were two or three every, every night uh, to go out through, through uh, to the pubs uh, and the clubs to, to, to through, through a little window, I don't know the name in English, which was in the toilet basement at about uh, two meters high. And so to go out was very easy because we were sober. But uh, when we came back, it was a little more difficult because we were absolutely drunk. I was partly, partly drunk and we were three. A friend of mine uh, was pushing me and the other was welcoming me in the toilet. And uh, so, of course, I fell down absolutely with uh, all, my, all my weight uh, on my Greek friend, with which uh, I nearly uh, was... Uh, uh, knocked out. Knocked, yes. And with all the noise, um, the, 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 the director of the, of, the, of the college arrived and found me at 2 o'clock in the, in the morning, absolutely drunk, on the top of a Greek guy in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, all this uh, was absolutely related to my mother. Told, re- not related. <laughs> not related. <laughs> That's the first time he means told. It was, it was written to my mother, who uh, took took it very, very seriously and welcomed my, 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 my girlfriends very much more uh, <laughs> nicely <laughs> than before I left. It was, at the end, a good thing. Yeah. Did you get on with your siblings when you, you were younger? younger? That's you had, a good did you one. Any, did you get on with your imaginary my Did friends. anybody ever have an imaginary friend? I did. She was called Anna and she looked a bit like, you know those gremlin things? They kind of looked like Furbies, but, n- yeah, but they yeah. didn't exist yet, so it couldn't look like... like look, exactly. She looked just like that, but like less furry. I would like take her down from my head, from that she would lay her on the like, top of my head, and then she'd come into the palm of my hand and I'd chat to her, and she was called Anna. I had an imaginary friend because my brother didn't live with us, so I had like an imaginary sibling to like make up for my Aww, lack of siblings. So but I always knew that she was imaginary. I didn't think that she was real. I know, I didn't think mine was real at all. The face says otherwise. Favourite children? You must have a favourite child. No, I'm sure people don't because I mean, I'm sure they do. It's just so different. My favourite child is my imaginary child. <laughs> oh, that's well, I have a favourite daughter, Aww. and that's you, Katie. Um, <laughs> and I have a favourite son, and that's Rob. My elder sister did take me in the face to lock me in the pantry. I remember once we, we when I finally we was winning. I was about six, probably seven. She 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 suddenly said, "If you don't stop now." I'll tell our parents everything. And I suddenly, I didn't know we, we, what she, she had in mind, but suddenly became so afraid. I kept pleading her, please do not tell them. Siblings <laughs> <laughs> can really wind people up, I find. I threw a recorder at my sister's knee and I really love her, so. My brother's 10 years older than I am, so um, he wasn't really a sibling, he was more of an uncle. And I looked up to him and he was my big hero. And uh, I thought he was great, he went out fishing, he went out shooting, and I went with him. So, so my brother, he's still alive, and he lives very close to Oxford, and, uh, and uh, he was my hero. We should get him on the shoe. Uncle <laughs> Yeah, Uncle Jim. We should have the mum special first. <laughs> yeah, my um, poor no. mother is in the hotel room, sort of reading magazines all by herself. Lamenting the so. fact that it was a dad Yeah, she's, I'm sure she's secretly very, very I envious. Know, I don't know, a sibling special. I don't think my brother could be bothered to come. I don't, I don't think, think my brother's interested. I don't think my sister would say much. Stick with the dad. It's true, we don't want this to become a, a gimmick. You know, <laughs> just every week a different red. <laughs> I was going on very well with my sister, um, except uh, that she was always a bit brighter than me. 
Uh, well, yes, I did brilliantly in Greek. Um, that was uh, a single-digit percentage score at the end of the year. Wow. Uh, that's that's pretty that's impressive. quite admirable, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Quite, quite you have to work to do that. Almost yeah. as good yes. as my Latin. You have to hate the teacher and the subject and, and learn nothing at all. But uh, no, other than that, I got on very well with it, but I was a bit envious of her continued uh, academic success. Well, it must be something about older children doing extremely well. Mm. No, we're all younger siblings. That's funny. Are we all? Yeah, we are. Yeah. yeah. Maybe like, that's why we're friends. Let us to kind of attention-seeking state where we need to have a radio show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've got a bit of a strange request from someone from um, MSN. Yes. Um, apparently, my dad sounds like someone from the, is it the Expedia advert? Yes. Yeah, so, Dad, you've got to say, hello, is it, hello, world? Hello, world? Yes, that is good. That is- hello, world? <laughs> He's loving it. He's loving the attention. <laughs> Hello, world. Come on. <laughs> the joke has passed, Dad. Can I just say, Daddy Allen, you've been complimented again. The girl who enjoyed it, but she said it needed to be a bit sexier. Right again. If you want. Yeah, go on. One more time. A bit sexier. Hello, world. <laughs> that is it. She's not the only woman to have fallen in love with my dad for his voice, because that, that's happened quite a lot, hasn't it, Dad? Well, actually, it's been my years. I remember one... You know, sort of struck my ears and said, you've got the most marvellous ears. Well, I was very disappointed she was so interested in my ears. Like, I thought there were much more interesting parts of myself, personally. But there you go. Calm down. <laughs> when I was a kid, because um, uh, we used to have these French au pairs to make us speak French. That didn't work, by the way. Just, But, um, yeah, one of them used to pick me up by my ears when I was naughty and, like, carry me about. Yeah. Which would now constitute child abuse. <laughs> yeah, she was called Safi. You um, don't mention names. I'm taking a lot of abusing <laughs> nannies. Why? She just wants you to be punished. Yes, she does. I've always blamed her for me having big ears. Uh, two people have said my dad sounds Australian. Yep. Yes, I, I was thinking that. Yeah, I didn't yeah. want to say it. I, like to I didn't want to say it. <laughs> my dad is born and bred Bolton. He's not Australian. He's not American. He watch Neighbours too much, really. He doesn't even watch Neighbours. He just has I'm this phony transatlantic accent <laughs> that he puts on for business purposes. Yeah, you, said, you told me he had a business accent. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm sorry to spoil the illusion. Yeah, my dad's whole accent is a sham, isn't it, Dad? It's a sham. <laughs> Trying to fit into middle-class yeah, communities. Yeah, man, that's all. <laughs> young people today. Yeah, and, you know, mm. we read the news. And young people of yesteryear. We read in the news about binge drinking. We don't need to read it in the news. We live our lives binge drinking. <laughs> I think young people are basically the same, but they haven't really changed very much. I think young people today, they work much harder than my generation did, frankly. Emma's dad looks very surprised yeah, at his comments. Yeah, I, I think they're much more intelligent today. I really don't. I do, and I think they're more mature. Um, and something which I think is very significant, they have... Uh, sort of relationships with the opposite sex, which are not necessarily sexual. When I was a young man, well, indeed, indeed. When I was a young man, girls were simply regarded as a different species. They were simply regarded as sex objects, and you didn't have actual friendships with members of the opposite sex. Now that's all changed. I think there's one negative thing, and that is a lot of young people are overweight, and they need to get much more fit. But I really do not understand why so many people, uh, sort of young people, smoke today. Just that my mother has failed to accept that you can have a platonic relationship with a member of the opposite sex and still believes that any, any boy who I mention must be someone I am deeply in love with.
I don't know. I always think that, like, I suppose back in the day, you just didn't have things like magazines and, like, television. (laughs) You didn't have that kind of resource of information about kind of relationshipy things. Like, these days, we're in the age of, like, self-help. Yeah, but we're in the age of, like, self-help and talking about how we feel. Not that long ago, people, I suppose, just didn't kind of open up in the same way. Like, I find it perfectly natural to sit with a male friend and talk about how I feel or if I'm upset about something. No, indeed, uh... I, I simply wouldn't have talked to a young woman about how I felt. I would go out shooting cats. Um, <laughs> no, it, it was simply ridiculous, that concept that you would talk about things. In fact, I find it rather difficult even today. You know, young people today, they've got a lot going for them, but uh, life is more difficult because jobs are more difficult. When I graduated, you're offered jobs. I was offered four or five jobs. Now it's much more competitive. It's a, it's a harsher life and... I feel a bit sort of sorry for young people today, frankly. Before before we start discussing medieval medieval bananas in depth, uh, what do the what do the other dads think? One thing I noticed, I think that, that today's students aren't as revolting as we were. Revolting as in disgusting. Or no, like, the well, are probably that too, but but mainly in in terms of of protesting and demonstrating oh. radicalism. Uh, I mean, we went on yeah, marches. We took that. over the exam schools, um, rock concerts. We organised. Mm which were very political, and I don't get the sense that that there's as much of that going on. The other thing is that um, we didn't have any of this sort of setup. Media, you know, communication was much, much harder if you wanted to get in touch. Yes, I think one of the big changes actually has been in the actual status of of women, um, something which perhaps you don't recognise. Certainly when I was a student, the vast majority of students were male. And uh, if you worked in the civil service and you got married, you had to leave. There's been fantastic changes since then. As you know, I teach, and so I don't want it to turn into a rant. But um, my feeling is that um, there are much less mystery today in general uh, about the world. I think the, the young people are much less puzzled about it, much less puzzled about the, themselves. That reason, they, they think much less. They um, do not understand what... They, uh, education means because they, they think they are already perfect. So it's damning, it's damning. <laughs> that is a damning conclusion about the youth today. But it's, um, it's a very shallow world. Uh, it doesn't connect to serious things. It's a world in which human nature has been hollowed out of any content. I myself certainly would not want to be young today. Uh, so how do you feel about your daughter? How am I coping? I'm sorry for her. <laughs> not, uh, not because of anything she does, but maybe because this is just the wrong time. To... Like, I think just from a female perspective, I think there's no better time to be in them now, really. I think that it's it would be so difficult to go to university 50 years ago, 20 years ago. You can be an optimist or you can be a pessimist. Um, I grew up, like I was young in the 1950s, there was rationing, um, outside toilets, everything was grey, it was, it was grim. Then I grew up during the Cold War, when you lived with the threat of living for four minutes. And we used to joke, what would you do in that four minutes? Would you go out and grab the nearest woman, or would you drink a bottle of scotch, you know, or do both? That's uh, Yeah, that's right, yeah, that's right, do one before the other. So, so it, 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 like, I think... There is hope in the world today because there is a global sort of economy. Um, we're all locked in together. They will gain through working together, and that's what we've got to work on. So, so I think there is hope. And um, um, so I'm not, 
I'm not pessimistic at all for young people. I think, what they face. Um, aside, I'm really pessimistic about global warming and maybe an asteroid hitting the Earth and us all dying in the next hour. It is, I, I lie awake at night worrying about these asteroids. I think the thing, like, I think studying history in particular, um, and I suppose literature as well, makes you realise kind of, even if in Britain, for example, 200 years ago there was certain good things about society, um, how, but we are actually more aware. Like now people of our generation say, well, you know, we need to do this about gay rights, we need to do this for women, we need to do this for this country. People read the newspapers, everyone has some sort of education. And I don't know, that kind of like, I can see a progression. I can trace that kind of increase of knowledge amongst the kind of population. And that I suppose that to me makes me think that I'm lucky to be in this generation now. But you can definitely trace progression in... I mean, what, 40 years ago, it was illegal, and now you've had several movements. It's not perfect, and I don't think the world is perfect at all. I think there are awful things going in the world, and it disgusts me. But I do kind of feel that this generation, in many ways, is one of the more progressive generations, and that as someone to live now, I feel kind of lucky that I'm here now because of the opportunities that I have. Just I, I was just going to say, I think... Um Progression. I think if you look at uh, the role of women, which we mm. sort of touched on, um, I was at a presentation given by Stella Remington, who was the first um, named head of MI5. Pretty significant progress. Yeah, if you very impressive. Yeah, cool. But even today, there's still a lot more, I think, mm. for women to achieve. There are a lot of barriers that still need to be. Yeah. Um, um, and I think it is interesting um, if you look generically, and it's a sort of broad picture, but... Um, I think the the skills that women tend to be strongest mm. at are the ones that perhaps will be more useful and more valuable in the future well, uh, when we stop fighting one. I and indeed, if I have one word of advice to you, I would avoid recreational drugs. <laughs> 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 yeah. I think it's most important to to treat people with respect. To and treat cats other pe- and cats and cats, indeed. Yeah, to you know to treat other people in the same way as you would wish to be treated yourself. I think that's important. When you've had the benefit of a university education, I think it's important to build on that throughout your life. Have a learning approach to you know to things through your life. Also, don't smoke. Keep fit, and get a pension. I was, I think, a fairly immature, obnoxious little twat. They, they say that the old men are of the three types. There are boasters, promisers, and and the mother seekers. And they, when I was, I think, 19, I probably was a promiser. And I think the, that's probably my advice, not to, to promise too much. At the same time, to, to, to work out what good and clever things have been thought and said before me you were born. I think the, the most difficult thing in life is, is, is to work out the, the correct proportion of worrying about yourself and, and about others, mm. and the, 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 that comes with wisdom. I, I don't think it, it, I'm, I'm anywhere ne- near there. It's it's life's work to, to work with those things. Uh, Quite profound. A profound way to end, I think. For full versions of our shows, check out verylosewomen.wordpress.com. This program was brought to you by Resonance One Hundred Four Point Four FM. Visit our website at resonancefm.com to hear our vast range of original 24-7 broadcasts. Resonance is a not-for-profit broadcast platform and relies on public support. If you like what you've heard, make a secure donation at resonancefm.com.